this is for us individually and Nathan doesn't know my top five and I don't know his I top don't five. No, my own top five. This is the best goddamn historic bars that we visited is part of this very specific project out of these books. Yes. Yeah. There. It's that's it. Yeah. If you could uh go to a bar, which bar would you go to? That's it. <laughs> also, we got nothing else to talk about and Boy, no place God. else to go. To another episode of History by the Glass, your tour of Portland, Oregon's famously historic and infamously endangered bars, pubs, and saloons. No new bar to review this month, what with all the uh, uh, consuming pandemic and all out there. Uh, but we are going to share our top five History by the Glass bars we've visited so far, then end by looking toward the future and revealing the bars we're most anticipating when and if we ever get back to normal. My name is Nathan P. Gale, and with me as always, not directly to my right, but from a Zoom screen uh, far, far away, is my good pal, better drinking buddy, Clavin of my Peterson, Alfredo Moreno. How the hell are you doing, buddy? Well, I, I'm here, and I'm still making these episodes. <laughs> good for you. Nobody else may like it, not even <laughs> you, Nate. <laughs> well, I hate it. Uh, uh, but here we much, are. Much like I've uh, decided to hate everything in the world uh, these days. Uh, uh, but uh, here we are. You you dragged me uh, out of one of my rooms to another one of my rooms <laughs> in my home. And oh, I, uh, might I say your your what may be a fake plant and uh, non-operable lamp behind you? Fantastic! What a nice. That professional nice. space you have behind you well i had to buy those so people at the uh, office didn't think i was some sort of creep without any plants or lights in my home yep 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 yes only a psychopath would record in a uh, blank room neither of them are plugged in neither the no. plant nor the uh, the lamp but here it's a pleasure to be back here it's a pleasure to be uh refusing to die much like many of these bars that we like. love so much we're still trying to win <laughs> we've we you and i have tried takeout you and i have turned our houses into convenience stores <laughs> it's we won't go anywhere uh speaking of not going anywhere uh we usually start out with a drink what what the hell are you drinking oh, yeah. to, uh, today there uh, well i'm drinking a couple things okay at home this is uh because we're anxiously awaiting our first uh, alcoholic uh, uh, sponsor, we've Please. come very close. Very close. I feel like he, we're on the uh, doorstep of heated something. negotiation. So I'm drinking uh, what's left of my liquor cabinet and fridge. Uh, always a favorite on a Thursday night. Uh, so I've got uh, a nice ice cold bottle, the tapered uh, neck of Miller High Life, of course. Uh, and then I am uh, drinking a uh, uh, the occasional shot of Jose Cuervo Tradicional Tequila Reposado, uh, which would not make me uh, super authentic. Uh, if any of uh, of my Mexicano friends are listening tonight, which they aren't, uh, I could do a lot better than this tequila, but I'm drinking it anyway because it's in my liquor cabinet. And Have we so lost the Mexican contingency because of your tequila choices, do you think? Uh, if if it's out there, we lost it. All right. 
Well, surely it wasn't. Well, I think I'm the only Mexican who listens to this thing. <laughs> uh, now I am. Uh, I had a, a little, a uh, couple fingers of bullet uh, before uh, hopping on the Zoom call, of course. And then I polished like her Andre off. the Giant fingers? Uh, oh, well, I do have Andre the Giant hands, of course, so I'm uh, blackout drunk right now. Um, and then I had a, a tall boy of, of cold, fine Pilsner Miller Lite, a favorite of the History by the Glass mm. podcast here. Leftover from uh, July 4th. Uh, my July 4th was uh, me drinking nonstop in my home. Uh, and that's, I that's thought that I was did. your July 3rd. It's also my July 5th, and uh, whatever tomorrow is, <laughs> July 10th, well, it'll be my July 10th. Whatever it is, it tastes great. <laughs> and let me, my pants would argue about the less filling. Ah, damn it. So before we get into our, uh, our top five, and yes, yes, if you're one of the proud 40-plus who listened to us. Yes. Uh, or, well, and, I wouldn't know if they're proud or not, but they're, they're yeah. hooked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can't get enough. Uh, yes, we we are uh, desperately churning out content because we can't go to our beloved bars and experience them full bore. Yes, yes, we could uh, go and weirdly sit very far away from each other um, and uh, uh, not go inside or sit inside with two other people. I don't, I, I don't know. We we've discussed this. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it would be worth it to keep visiting historic bars as part of this podcast during the COVID pandemic. Uh, I don't know. Some of these may not even on a normal day might not have more than five people inside. Uh, Look at our lighthouse uh, picture. (laughs) It's great. The two of us in there uh, on a uh, sleepy uh, Friday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, We've, we've, we've done both. We've been smashed up in the bar with a hundred people and we've been uh, the only souls in a (laughs) lonely old bar, which is, great uh but we've decided for now that we're just for many reasons uh safety being uh, first and foremost that we're just we're just going to keep trying to hold on uh, hold on a little bit until we can really explore the space in a fully just uh leisurely uh vibe you know it's 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 hard to be leisurely when you're drinking and you give a shit about your own health uh, in bars these days. And I, I've drank, uh, in a couple bars, but I've never been, there's not been a ton of leisure to it. It's been like drinking in a, uh, spank shack or something. It's, it's a, <laughs> you don't say <laughs> it's, it's an uncomfortable place to you be. I don't want to be there. Drink in the spank shack, my friend. <laughs> I, I just feel guilty the entire time oh, I'm there I and I go, I I don't think I should be here, but should be here. I should. I'll just have one more. Then I uh, I really shouldn't be here. Well, also, you know, we love fairness at the History by the Glass podcast, and, and it feels uh, unfair to speak about um, uh, one bar when we're thinking about these other experiences we've had, and that's something we'll get that's into. True. Uh, with our top five of, you know, what, what bars would we keep going back to and back to? Uh, but if we have sort of a crummy COVID weird social distance experience, can we really objectively uh, say this is what this bar is all about? And I, yeah. I don't think so. I think everybody's just trying to ride this thing out the best way they, they know how without any direction of all, of course. Of course. Uh, and, and so I, I think it's, it's absolutely safety. And then, um, and as a creative project, uh, why the hell would we? 
Yeah, no, I I agree completely. Uh, and that's and that's why we're we're going to do things like our uh, our top five historic bars that we visited so far as part of the History by the Glass official project. Uh, not to be confused with top five historic bars in the Portland metro area, because we are very adherent to this very specific yes uh, book, and uh, only of those bars that we visited so far. And so this is a very um, abridged uh, version of uh, so if you're if you're listening to get the best historic bar in all of Portland, make no mistake, we're not going to give it to you, but we're going to give you our favorites out of 35 total bars that we have visited so far during this project. I can't believe that we've been to 35. I listed them all out and I thought to myself, uh, wow, that's a shit ton of bars that we've been to uh, uh, with a book in our hands and a notebook and pencil. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a, it's that's not a bad. lot of bars. <laughs> it's not bad at all. Mind-numbing, country-dividing pandemic might keep us out of the bars, but it can't keep us from bar talk, those crucial conversations that take place after three or four rounds about the best Oakland Raider mullet or the sweatiest motion picture. Cool hand Luke. Alfredo, let's take this opportunity to reflect on the bars of COVID past and rank them. Let's start... With our top five bars we've visited so far on History by the Glass, just like we said we would. No surprises. That's right. Here. All right. We're just going to put them out there. So this is. And then I'm going to tell you why everything Nate said is bullshit. Thank you. Yeah, and then I'll I'll, uh, I'll just get real quiet and. resent alfredo for the rest of my life and uh and uh tell him to go fuck himself on my deathbed well you'll tell me to go fuck myself about five more drinks in oh that's true that'll be great the parking lot this could be our best episode ever if it goes the way we think it might i'll pull your shirt over your head you (laughs) son of a bitch now um so here's how we're going to do this instead of uh, drum rolling all the way to our, our favorite or our top or whatever. We're just going to take our trench coats, uh, unbelt them, and, and show us uh, show each other the goods. That's right. Bud Clark style. We're going to expose ourselves to our top five history by the glass bars that we visited so far. So far. Over the course of two years. And top? What's, what is top? What is top? Or just our favorites? Just ah, yes. That's a great question. We discussed back. this. Yes, please. This this was we wanted this one to be the top five uh, historic bars um, from our project. And again, if this is your first episode, (laughs) thanks for listening. Great, Uh, a great primer into some of the bars that we cover in other episodes. You never know who might just jump in now during the pandemic. Well, we we go through these two books, History by the Glass, written by Paul Pintrich, and we're gonna re, we're gonna visit and drunkenly blather about every single bar that's still open that he visited back in 1996 and 2004. Okay, uh, the 40 of you who listen to this uh, regularly know that's what the fuck we do. Right. So, of those bars, of those 35 that we had visited, um, 
before we got fucking the shit knocked out of us by this thing and all our bars did as well. Uh, we're going to just, we're going to figure out which one is our favorite historic bar that we feel would stand. If we visited it, visited it, if we visited this bar a hundred times, it would still give us the greatest return on investment in terms of our, uh, very obscure and, uh, um, uh, subjective, uh, critique points. Uh, so, right. Yeah. Is, is that the best way to describe that? This is not, so we've, we've gone to many a bar where we, we've had great nights and that's going to be a, a forthcoming episode, but we, this is for us individually. And Nathan doesn't know my top five and I don't know his I top don't five. No, my own top five. This is the best goddamn historic bars that we visited is part of this very specific project out of these books. Yes. Yeah. There. It's that's it. Yeah. If you could uh go to a bar, which bar would you go to? That's it. <laughs> also, we got nothing else to talk about and Boy, no place God. else to go. Uh hey, anything about that uh baseball season? Huh? Isn't that something? Yeah, see, something. see, this is the, yeah. We got nothing. All right. Okay, you want to give you want to give us one through five, or you want to go five through one? <sighs> what do we do? Do you go first? Do I go first? I, I'll go first. I'm happy to go first. All right. You go. You start from five to one. All right. Here we go. Keep your socks on. Oh shit! Is there some surprises? Not really. If you know me, you know exactly what these are. All right. Here uh, we go. Five. Cheerful tortoise. Ooh. Four, the alibi. Three, Lutz Tavern. Two, Jake's famous. One, Knob Hill Bar and Grill. Ooh, interesting. Open up that trench coat, my friend. Very interesting. I okay, just showed you mine. All right. Well, here is my top five. Having again not discussed this or shown it to Nate before. Number five is Corner Saloon. Number four, Lutz Tavern. Number three, Renner's Bar and Grill. Number two, uh, it's not Renner's Bar and Grill, it's just Renner's. Number two is Knob Hill Bar and Grill. Ah. And number one, Jake's Famous Crawfish. Wow! How about so, that? So we've got, we've got some... Uh, we've got the same one and two. Yeah, we've well, not got... not in the same order, but our, our one, two is the same. Yeah. So we've got we've got some overlap and we've got some uh, some bars that we didn't have on each other's list. That's exactly. great. How about that's, that? All right. all right, that's good. This won't be a terrible episode after all. <laughs> Could have been awful. You owe me ten bucks, man. Oh. <laughs> do we say why, or do we pick apart each other's list? Let's let's, let's start with fives. Okay, I think our yeah. fives were both different. We're both uh, mutually exclusive. Is that the word? I think, that's, I think that's a part of the term, yes. Um, Cheerful Tortoise and Corner Saloon. Yes, correct. Great. All right, you start. You start. Cheerful Tortoise, state your case, man. Oh. Um, uh, oh, and uh, could you remind our audience when you and I went there as part of this project? I don't have that information. You, st- <laughs> you monster. Uh, it was sometime between February 2018 and uh, now. Terrible, terrible professionalism. It's dead air. This is dead I'll air. I'll get it. I'll get Spotify it. Spotify is dropping us right now. Oh, hold on, Omnicorp. Yeah. 
Hold on. I've got it. And it looks a little something like this when I find it and I'm scrolling. Uh And it was, of course, of course, it was December 29th, 2018. Oh, I knew it. Um, I bet the loyal, loyal listeners knew that. And they were screaming at their radios as we were trying to figure Uh, that out. We should have had a contest where they could call in. Uh, cheerful tortoise. Long. Cheerful tortoise uh, is br- pretty um, bland food and pretty bland drinks. And um, as you might have noted uh, back in the early 2010s, if you listen to the uh, podcast uh, uh, that we reviewed, cheerful tortoise back in the 2010s, I was getting some real questionable service. Uh, I may not agree with all the political views posted on the cheerful tortoise <laughs> reader board, but. My God, when we walked in to Cheerful Tortoise, the memory, the collegiate memories, this Portland State University grad's collegiate memories came flooding back to him. And I thought to myself, those four years that I sat at that table plugging away on my laptop, I'd be I'd be happy to do it for another four years. And I said to myself, four more years, (laughs) four more years. Hey. Anybody with me out there? Anybody else chanting? No. Oh, all right. Being on Portland State later in li- on Portland State campus later in life, I immediately needed a home bar uh to make it through the grueling uh the grueling uh, uh arts degree I was t- I was to set out on. Um this was I drank at Cheerful Tortoise before class after class and sometimes during class and i i can't express a long straw (laughs) (laughs) well i knew the uh the bartender well and then sometimes i'd get a mobile delivery um i am i am uh so thankful of a cheerful tortoise being on portland state campus while i was in school the art building which is where i took the majority of my the majority of my classes um it's about two blocks. I, I commuted in. Everybody else commuted in. I didn't know many people who actually lived on campus. It's very hard to find people who live on campus. And so the Cheerful Tortoise to us was the meeting place. It was the dormitory. It was the meeting hall. It was the place that uh, if you wanted, if you drank, a great place to go, of course. If you didn't drink, they have root beer, I'm sure, maybe a Coke. Uh, and everybody could come together and 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 uh, and talk about the teachers, talk about the classes, talk about the workload, talk about the projects that you're all working on together, talk about who you're in love with and who you hate, and and it was the is the crossroads of of every single class and every single uh, classmate I I had the privilege of going to school with. That's a hell of an endorsement. Uh, so a little bit of nostalgia creeping in here, and that's why they are no higher than five because they're not, um, they're not a great bar, <laughs> but <laughs> I know that, um, but they're Portland state's bar and I'm a Portland state grad and, and walking in there made me proud of that time that I spent down there in the old park blocks in Southwest Portland getting educated. Well, I, you know, I will say, you know, a disclaimer for all of these bars is we, we really don't know for sure how they all look currently. 
true. Because a lot of them have taken the time to scrub and or totally reboot or retool. See also cheerful bullpen. Uh, but so everything we're saying is based on our memories of the last time we were there, which is <laughs> yeah. uh, on almost all. Yes. On all of these is pre uh, pre pandemic. So no, I believe you said it was December, 2018. That was when we went to church. Yes. I don't know if you've been since, I didn't know if you'd gone since, but sure. Yes, I have. But, sure but, I yeah. Have. Yeah. But so, Cheerful tortoise for me. I I will say I I liked it. I thought uh, I, I I really enjoyed their big photo collage they had of the uh, carefully hand cut out uh, prints of former regulars from years past. It was on the way to the restroom, and and uh, I thought that was great. I love the uh, you know there's there's photos of that bar with like these kind of Victorian looking houses next to it that don't exist, you know, is it, there's a, been a bar there for a long, long time. And, uh, houses have moved like on trucks away and the bar is still there and they've put up, you know, restaurants and stuff. And it, the bar seems to just hang in there and you're right. It's been an Portland state bar for a long time. And, uh, it is a, it is a solid bar, but yes, yes. You were, you were using your carousel as you were, Correct. As the nostalgia was floating around you, I I couldn't I couldn't uh, get it off of my list, and and there are other bars that are good for you, worthier establishments. But I I, I I'll be damned if I'm going to uh, uh, remove cheerful <laughs> tortoise from my list of historic HBTG bars. That's what it's about. I I, I will say uh, the cheerful tortoise, as I thumb through my notes here, please yes, wasn't even on my radar as an binder? honorable mention. Do you have a binder of? Uh... Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a Penske file of Looks notes. Like you're here. testifying in uh, yeah, here, Congress, yeah. sir. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Um, no, the cheerful tortoise was not even on my honorable mentions, and, and we will throw out our honorable mentions at the end of this, the end of the top five. But oh yes. Uh, so I, I respect, I respect that you brought the nostalgia thunder because that's what it's about. Uh, Bullshit Sometimes. number fives that shouldn't be on anyone's exactly. List. <laughs> Tell me about your bullshit number five. <laughs> okay, okay. Why, why out in the uh, the reaches of Clackamas County did you? That's right. That's right. Corner Saloon, where Lake Oswego meets Tualatin, and uh, nothing much else happens. Uh, we were there, Nate. Uh, most well, not most recently, but we did our official episode on March fifteenth, twenty eighteen. I think we were back again about. Six to nine months later, I don't have that date. Mm. Here's what here's what I here's what made it for me for Corner Saloon. Uh, don't call them wankers. They're Corner Saloon, a different bar. Uh, first of all, this place character for days, man. It had the hats on the ceiling. Don't I could do a whole episode on the bizarre memorabilia. Oh yeah, including mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, piece. Neil Lomax. Uh huh. And a golden retriever wearing a hat who autographed a fo- uh, photo to somebody. Oh, driving a go-kart. Yes. Who autographed an uh, illegible photo to somebody. <laughs> we don't know what the dog's name is. No, no. That's one that, of our that, greatest it's all, jokes. It's all there. Bizarre memorabilia that nobody in their right mind would ever have in a bar for the purpose of attracting new customers makes a great old bar for me. Uh, it had proud regulars who are eager to tell their story of why they've been coming there for 15, 20 years. Uh, 
and how great it used to be a decade ago. Uh, it had an opposing owner. Uh, and as long as he owns the place and is up in your ass about uh, what you're doing there, kind of makes it interesting. So we arrive and uh, we're, we're trying to be a little more uh, creative with our documentation. And uh, I, I take some photos of the exterior and we walk in and we, uh, I, I believe you had your notepad out. I probably had a notepad I out. I did. I believe I was taking notes. And we're talking. Time. We may have snapped a few photos of the interior. I don't know what we did. Um, and uh, then we do uh, w- one more thing. Uh, it was apparently one thing too many. We ordered a pair of Foster's oil cans because this place used to be a faux Australian bar, which later moved down to Wilsonville, which is still a faux Australian bar, although they would probably consider it a real Australian bar. Uh, in fact, they respond to reviews and stuff with like cheers and thanks, mate, and things like that. Boy. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we order a couple of oil cans, mostly because we can't remember the last time we were at a bar where they had big fucking fosters oil cans N- never i've never been at one i've never been. i don't think i have either yeah i just would get them at the grocery store right. in college right okay so we order them that's it <laughs> with cue the owner pretty quickly the <laughs> owner comes over simon simon is not australian oh, no. he's british he loves to do drawings <laughs> well simon comes over and basically says what the fuck are you guys doing you're taking <laughs> pictures of the outside what's your deal you're taking you're clearly you're writing notes down what is your deal and simon we explained to him we're just two dorks who like old bars and he walks away for a bit yeah it's like okay let me recharge in the back <laughs> i have to i have to figure out what to do with you two and then i think we kept drinking and talking amongst ourselves and then he comes back and doubles down and says wait a minute i'm really are you kidding me yeah Get, show me some uh documentation <laughs> Show show me some proof of what you're doing. He was very... This was our first uh, skeptical owner encounter This who wondered what the hell we were doing. It's the first time we thought, oh, maybe we might upset some people doing this. Taking a few photos and writing... Just mulling the existence of this bar. Being here on business. Being here on bar business. Yeah, we looked like we were not fully engaged in the uh, just given a shit about right lives. well that is true um that is true uh i happened to be going to the car to grab uh, a copy of our book and simon was out there grabbing something from his car and i said look here's the book here's the guy See, this wrote, is your writes, bar this is the old bar he writes of you and finally simon said well maybe you two should write a book too i don't know if he meant that as a fuck you <laughs> Or a, I wish you well, boys. Mm, well, knowing Simon the way I do, I'm going to say he meant it as a big fuck you. Uh, he he did he did uh, he left us with that, uh, and I won't get too far into it, uh, but not without throwing a little shade at the uh, former occupants. What did he say about the new, about new a, owners of Honkers? Just something wankers. about a wannabe Australian. Uh, it had two TVs. <laughs> tube TVs, no shortage of tube TVs. Uh, it had a great assortment of bottles and cans, uh, which is a very unPortland thing to have. It had a great bathroom, including two uh, rotating hand towels, which may or may not be coming back into fashion uh, as we don't, as we uh, you know, don't like our air being blown around. I don't know. But nobody knows. Nobody knows what's better for you. Or no, worse for no. You ask the world. Yeah, the yeah, WHO, they don't know. It's irrelevant. But <laughs> here in the United States, by God, we say 
rotating hand towels or give me death <laughs> oh, uh, proudly and then the corner saloon had just had a solid weird history which we got into on our episode uh do yourself a favor and go back and well, it's one of those anniversary episodes where we covered four bars in one episode but it's got the weirdest thing from like starting as a grocery store bar in the 30s to uh, you know, being Wanker's Corner to Wanker's Corner, moving to another guy, picking it up, blah, 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 blah. And they all hate each other. It's great. Uh, Corner Saloon for me was just a, it, it was, it, it's not a super old school building per se, but it just checked all the other boxes in terms of the old character that I love. So very good. Number five. Our number five picks, opposing owners and Neil Lomax connections. How about that? We did it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> See? We could do it in this world. We can do it. We can bridge our differences. We wow, exactly good pull. We want from a number five bar. Uh, great. Yes, I loved Corner Saloon. I loved the hats and the bric-a-brac and the, the reminders of guests past, and and it had an opposing smell uh, also. <laughs> I like places that you're aware of the bathroom immediately when you walk in. <laughs> Or the cleaning product yeah. that they bought on bulk, the talc that they picked to uh, to scrub down the place. It's fantastic. My number four uh, was the alibi. Now, piss on the alibi all you want. I, I get it. But this is a tiki bar. It is one of the oldest tiki bars in the world. And the front half... You know, you got that big banquet room devoted to the karaoke mecca. Sorry, that's fine. The front half is is uh, it's dark yet electric, and it is uh, cozy and sinister, and I love it. And if I lived by it, I would duck in there every single day for three or four mai tais stumble home maybe you'd get me in the back room to sing some, some karaoke but i think just the idea of the alibi is enough for me to want to go back again and again and again well i'm glad you had it on your list because i it was one of my last left out yeah uh it was definitely uh it was nip and tuck and i think at the end i couldn't i, I couldn't overlook the relative newness of the rest of the or the effort to appeal to a non historic uh totally. crowd who, who could give a shit about the front of the room so uh why do you like is, what does the whole tiki thing i just talked about where nostalgia meets imagination meets blah 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 meet sugar does that is that what you're thinking too? Twenty two no, year old. I saw it on high a blog, pants, and I'm uh, going to gum here. This, I, or is it my friends come here? They sing karaoke. It's fun. The drinks are cool. Leave me the fuck alone, you gross weirdo. Of course, it's that one. You if you even that, have to ask the question, if you even have to ask the question, a lot of karaoke nights. Of course, it's that one. Of course, it's your gross, and I don't want to be talking to you, and I'm just going <laughs> to sing karaoke because my friends like to sing karaoke you don't think there's any one of... person for 18 people there's one person who's like dude i am a karaoke fucking you know what about savant. the tiki no one there's gets... no tiki nobody cares about tiki <laughs> nobody cares about tiki they care about zombies they care about they care about uh, rich 
This was what we talked Rum about. Rum drinks that get them nuts and moist and hard, for Christ's sake. This is what we talked about. We talked about, uh, is this something that's you and I have family, we know people who were around when these were the hot spot, or is do kids, do my, my kids, I have a four-year-old and a uh, newborn, are they going to give a flying fuck about tiki lounges? None of the people we saw tonight care about their grandfathers or great-grandfathers who died or... Is that or, why we care about or, it? Or fought in World War II. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about their, their parents' uh, uh, affinity for what their parents brought back and, and like Chinese restaurants, you know, no, like that's, I am richly aware of Chinese restaurants being akin to, uh, this is not what Chinese food is. I'm bringing the hint of it back. I'm making it an American. I'm making a profit off of it. Right. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. What do you want from me, pal? (laughs) Like that? No, I, Nobody thinks about, nobody's thinking about that. <laughs> None of these people singing Alanis Morissette or, or uh, uh, David uh, Bowie, as we found out tonight, um, are thinking about, God, boy. So it's weird that you and I probably are. Is I, I'm not weird in that it's... Um, uh, I immediately think about, boy, these places were probably pretty hot in the 50s and 60s and... During that's, the heyday, I, well, I always go to a tiki bar, especially one that's older, and say, "Wow, I want this place. My grandmother, my grandmother, my grandmother, my grandfather would have gone to." Yeah, it's it's weird that they're not, but also every place we go to, nobody's thinking about that. You and know, that's why I go we to have this wildly unsuccessful <laughs> we, podcast. We totally. That being said, uh, it's my I, I agree one hundred percent. The front of the room. Uh, I would feel great having any kind of drink there. Like yeah. it, I don't. I wouldn't feel weird having, uh, you know, a Tom Collins there or a, a high life like I'm drinking now. Just I, that that front bar with its red kind of, you know, uh, red vinyl uh, booths and it's mm-hmm. the lighting and the yeah and the alibi has been there forever. It's been a some sort of stop since the freaking 19th century uh yeah and it's a great great bar it's a great bar and i only by the slimmest of uh you know subjective reasons did i leave it off my top five but it was it was definitely uh very much on the bubble and i i too i missed the alibi i would love yeah. to go to the alibi yeah it's one of those bars where i've i i think they do i Sure, they have an outdoor section. I think I have a photo of it, probably. I've never had a drink outside the Alibi in my life. I don't want to. Nothing could be less appealing than drinking outdoors at the Alibi. I'm sorry, Alibi, because I want you to stay alive. So everyone, go drink outdoors at the Alibi. But not me. <laughs> yeah. Unless, yeah, if it's like a, you know, 30,000 square foot grotto that's made to look like, you know. No, that way, now, go ahead now, uh, you know, Marcus. Harbor, and you know, uh, Prior so to. I mean, my God, ownership. please. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This might be a great time to add a 30,000 square Why foot not? grotto. Why not? Uh, maybe maybe one of those tanks with the uh, with the mermaids, the real mermaids oh, that man, swim get around. Get those there. 50s mermaids back in here. <laughs> huh? Hey. Another great business idea. You and I. Look at us. 
We spend burned another hundred thousand bucks. You've got to spend during this time. <laughs> we cannot emphasize that enough. That was the time to spend. Yeah, I, uh, I, I felt I felt funny moving into the list because it isn't a, a rooter to tutor, head to toe, top notch bar. It, you got to pick your pocket, but. That pocket man is oh, yeah. one of the best experiences in town. Oh yeah, and and you and I are both very much uh, tiki non-apologists. We one hundred percent. We adore them. So yes. if I'm in a new town, you go to a tiki bar. You just find it and you go to it. I went when I was in Vancouver. I the I had one thing I begged everybody to do in BC, of course, not across the uh, Columbia. <laughs> uh, we must go to a tiki bar. I don't care if it was established. They're, always, they're almost always fucking good. But they're always good. They're always pointing to the thing. I think we talked about this in the Alibi episode also. They're just always pointing to that past thing that we're trying to get bars to point to. And it's, oh, well. You know what's odd? And this is a random aside, but we're on tiki bars. And I can't, yeah. I can't let it alone. You know, probably the worst tiki bar I've been to uh was one was the oldest tiki bar in uh in uh hawaii actually it was oh, really? uh, it was called la mariana yeah. and anthony bourdain visited when he went to his first time in hawaii and i i was there on a layover uh and i decided i was gonna i was there on like a three-hour layover and i ubered out of the airport and went straight to that that bar where were you going that you were laid over? Well, I was going to the island of uh, oh, Lanai, because gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. uh, I'm very wealthy. Little <laughs> little do we know on this podcast that I'm The way you blow wealthy. through this money, man, you know. <laughs> I buy all our drinks everywhere we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and I happen to be going to Lanai, the... and I, we were doing a stop in Honolulu at the airport. Gotcha. And, and gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I got the fuck out of Dodge, yeah. went to the Tiki Bar, uh, it was fine, but it just, it's the least, um, like it was just kind of a place where they're just very going through the motions and but I was still glad to be there. It was in like an industrial district of, of Honolulu and, you know, right near the airport. But anyway, that, that's oddly the worst one I've been to every other one and every other random, you know, cow town in the United States. Oh, and yeah. I'm always like, God, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good damn tiki bar. Kansas City's Tiki Bar is better than the <laughs> yeah, oldest one. Yeah. On Albuquerque, New Mexico had a great one. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's got man. a great Tiki Bar if you just put forth the effort. So, yeah, very good. all right, let's move on to number. Uh, your number four. My number four. Your number three. Yes, please. This is good. This is so, great. It's, it's almost like we made these this. together, but we didn't at all. This is perfect. This wow. is perfect. So this is uh, where we had the Lutz Tavern. Um, Lutz tavern which we visited uh-huh what in god's name were you just doing uh just cracking open a 55 ounce michelada from bud light there a bud light chelada um, yep. uh-huh. in the evening and uh, what a strange strange drinking performance it's all i had in the fridge ah, damn, that's the theme boy we really need a sponsor by the way all right, let's get back into it. All right, let's tavern. Yeah. We were there. We were there with Bill Clifford on uh, February 26, 2018. Uh, that's the last time I was there. Um, let's tavern for me. Uh, for a while, uh, I thought let's might be my number one. Uh, yeah. When I was first thinking of this list very casually. Mine too. I, I loved let's for its, I thought it had the best blend of old and new school. I thought it's, um, it, uh, you know, it's this wonderful classic post-World War II era bar. 
the features of that, but you know, it's got the, um, it's got the glass bricks, uh, as you enter, it's got the, I think it has the ramped, uh, has, has like the little ramp that you walk up to enter. It's got the door that's kind of like 45 degree angle. Um, it's got all that weird shit. I'm not sure why they, every bar that was built between 1940 and 1955 seemed to look like that, but, uh, it's got the bolted in stools. It's got a ne- a great neon sign. It's got a nice, uh, you know, kind of, um, uh, horseshoe bar i think yeah it's got a little curve to it not a full horseshoe yeah Mm -hmm. um and for me the best thing is that uh let's while serving a what appears to be predominantly younger crowd um early 30s to 20s crowd knows its history shares its history it's got photos on the wall it's got stuff on the wall of who it is um it's got the interesting backstory of like uh, possibly single-handedly reviving Pabst Blue Ribbon uh, beer drinking in Portland, and the, which spread to the rest of the of the nation. Um, and uh, I, I just I and and meanwhile, it's got pinball and it's playing hip hop and it's you know, um, it's not a relic. Um, it's just it's old school and it's sharing an old school space and at least some of the imagery. Uh, of of people's grandparents or even great grandparents uh with with the drinkers they have walking in the door now so i i thought it was yeah it's certainly one of the best for that reason this was a great one to least but i had not yeah i lick every single uh see fixture. you review burgers is the same way i review bathrooms strike that reverse it you review <laughs> bathrooms the same way i review burgers that's absolutely right all right so musings of the place okay lutz was our first stop of that night and i said the original clientele likely wouldn't love the really good hip-hop bumping on the night we visited but they'd certainly still recognize the charm of the lutz great prices vintage fixtures everywhere about as good as an old school PDX bar as you can find, well preserved but modern, still honoring those who first made this former beer bar a great place to forget about your troubles for a while. And I'm going to double down on that after Lutz, after we've gone to now like 19 bars, you know, we've yeah. gone to a shitload of bars. Lutz is still one of the best, like, classic, historic Portland bars modernized but who never lost track of its old it, to me it's one of the most ideal old bars that we've been to because uh the pictures on the wall the people in the 50s who sat there like your grandparents who sat there drinking enjoyed themselves uh, yeah they they're gonna they're not playing uh you know frank sinatra there all the time but no it was a great spot, man. There, there are literally pictures of those people, and I don't want to get into it because I want to. I want to rank our experiences later on in the uh, in the uh, um, uh, anniversary episodes. But uh, my God, this is this is uh, lots is a special place, and that's all I want. To say. It was very good. Yeah, for all those reasons, uh, it's my number three. Also, um, I love. The bolted-in seats. I love the pointing to um, the past with all the fixtures that they have. I love the beer story that they have. And I'm a cheeseburger aficionado, and they've got a great fucking cheeseburger down there, man. It's it's pretty damn good. Uh, 
But more than that, I just love being in Lutz. And there's just some, one of those those things that you can't describe of, it just feels right on that corner, on that part of town. I would move to that part of town just to be near Lutz Tavern, and I would gladly call it my neighborhood bar. That is a great neighborhood tavern. And just it being alive on that street, it just feels uh, just feels like it should be there. It just It's just one of those places that... There's places that you feel like, well, this should never be here. What is this? Gonzo, and we'll talk about that place later. But uh, it just feels like it should be there, and it just feels right. Yes. You know, I, I think that's I think that's something Zillow or who, these other like real estate uh, you know websites should add. They should add the same as good schools and uh, yeah. access to parks. A great local bar that's been there for uh 50 60 70 years should be a great reason uh you know to live near a place i there think there really should be an app a real estate app for drunks and degenerates that uh really gives you the value the square footage uh versus like uh, distance to the bar you know that yeah great. well i mean let's be real i mean every any time i've moved and i know you just recently moved nate yeah. and i'm pretty sure the first or second question i asked you was where is it and what's your nearest bar? And did I have to? St- did did I stutter when I told you? Did I look <laughs> it up? No. You knew. I knew. It's a big reason. You always look for your nearest bar, and is it walkable? Is the sec is the second question? Yes. Uh, or a no. short drive? Let me tell no. you, no. <laughs> well, that's a damn shame. But Lutz anyway, Tavern. I'm living a in great misery. Place. Anyway, so uh, Lutz Tavern. Congratulations. You are uh, uh, combined uh, three and a half. <laughs> Is where you rank. That's that's fantastic. Uh, what was your number three? I forgot everything that you said uh, prior to. Great tee up, Nate. Thank you. Uh, my number three was Renner's. Renner's in Multnomah Village. Uh, not only was it the last bar we visited before uh, the pandemic on February twenty first, twenty twenty, I I consider Renner's like one of the best historic dives. Um, it goes back to the thirties. Uh, it's an anchor of the neighborhood, an anchor of the neighborhood. It's Multnomah villages bar. The ship is there. The ship was on our list. We visited the ship. The ship has kind of been transformed anyway. Uh, Renner's is the bar. Renner's is the straw that serves the drink in that little neighborhood of deep Southwest Portland. For me, Renner's checks these boxes. It's got the architecture that I like. It's tiny it's one of the smallest bars that we have on our list in terms of occupancy which makes it hard to occupy uh, uh to operate uh, it makes it hard to occupy and uh, and operate yeah. uh when you need to we drink out outside we went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's got the it's got a pretty big horseshoe bar for the space uh it's got the bolted stools it's got a weird place called the suburban room which is a little uh one foot step up behind the place uh, it's just got this unique layout. It's got a weird narrow alley. Uh, it's built in the side of a hill with a street running kind of over the top of it. Um, it's got a great divey, uh, a divey restroom that I love. Uh, it's got a ton of community support. People were literally, uh, uh, just pitching in all of their know-how and knowledge to get it, uh, rebuilt after a fire. It's got this Paul Pinterich historic connection, uh, where the guy who wrote these damn books we chase around like morons, 
where he had his last drink. Um, it's a survivor, man. I, I called it a highwayman bar. It'll always be around and around and around. Renners. And for that reason, uh, I, 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 I was actually surprised to see Renners on my list because I thought I've been to Renners maybe more than any other, any of the bars we're ever going to go to. Um, it, but when I thought about everything that I enjoy, I, I love the survivor aspect, which if you've been around since the thirties, you've got to, you've got to have that refuse to die. And I think the new owner uh, sardonic, uh, social media presence, uh, of just whatever you're going to kick us in the balls for the 75th time in a row. We'll figure out a way and we'll still be back. And I, I love that attitude about the place. And just, um, it, I, every good historic bar for me has got to have that salt of fuck you. We're not going to go down. So we're going to stay here. Like a good high school girlfriend. Now I left it. <laughs> Jesus, I, it's one of my honorable mentions. It's a great pick. It's one of my honorable mentions, and I didn't put it on there because I had, um, because I had tortoise on there, um, and that was the place that I went over and over it again. And then Renner's had to have been number two for me of the places that I've been many, many times. You know, uh. and I felt like ah, this is getting into territory of now. I'm just picking the bars I've been to many, many times before I, you know, decide I want to go to these bars many, many times. You monster. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, what a survivor. I want to, I'm really anxious to see how it does in, in the coming months or, uh, God forbid years of whatever God. hellscape we're in. Um, but it is an honorable mention of mine. It's a great pick and it is, uh, an HBTG uh, classic bar for sure. Great game, but it was St. Patrick's Day, and the wife and I went out to celebrate. Hey, we went to Renner's, and there was a bagpiper, and there was yes. just uh, we just got shit canned. Uh huh. And the former owner at that time, uh, I was there at the bar, and he decided to he pulled me aside and gave me a nice compliment about what a lovely uh, olive complexion skin i had oh, oh my and, wait a minute yeah, now yeah. but during saint patrick's day yeah it was that night you were you were told he had a very gravelly voice aside, his name was marshall you got a lovely olive complexion yeah that was about like that oh, yep, wow yep and my wife remembers it and, and uh she that was the last very... time you were in and <laughs> i i i returned many times continued. many times oh wow i had no idea great compliment great this compliment is, and i think my wife was very <laughs> jealous but well, she doesn't have the com complexion. She, you, have the com you, she yeah. couldn't draw that compliment. Exactly. That's why she's, she's like, so jealous. Ahem, ahem. What about me? Yes. No, what about my no, uh, complexion? No. Yes. Well, God. And he went back. Here. What? A, what of an course. interesting tale. Uh, I was there on a St. Patrick's Day. Also, I went there for lunch with the aforementioned uh, Shauna Weaver, a uh, guest of our uh, Mock Crest oh, yeah. and uh, and Twilight Room uh, uh, episode. And there was a it was, it was a sleepy St. Patrick's Day lunch about eleven thirty. Nobody else in there, and a bagpiper just right next to my face, <laughs> bagpiping away. Wow, that's but good. The corned beef was incredible. And it's good to know that they that they uh, keep doing that yeah, tradition. So I think this. I think that night the bar was packed to the gills. Yeah, I think that piper by the end of the night was just the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Was just <laughs> the. 
You, you know, you can never tell the bagpiper if they're on to Running out of gas. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, especially if you're drinking. You, see, you think you think a bagpiper when he starts and a bagpiper when he's been playing for 10 I don't hours. Know how drunk he is. Sounds the exact yeah. same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do too. All right. So it's come down to this our top two picks, which are conveniently and very surprisingly uh, just inversible. So it's this inc- is easy. It's incredible. Uh, we may spend too much time together. That, oh, we, well. that these are, um, but we've got the we got the creative direction down of what we fantastic. Want this, that this that part be, is know? legit. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if, if this is was, not the monkeys, man? This is the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> if I picked Rumpus Room, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we were not just thrown together. We uh, were born yeah. together. <laughs> uh, listen. Uh, my number two is uh, Jake's uh, Jake's famous Jake's famous crawfish. Um, All right, let's talk about Jake's. Um, it's an old fucking bar, and it is beautiful. It is uh, history personified. Every inch of this place in the bar, uh, not the restaurant area so much. I don't know, but uh, the bar that we were in uh, was covered in history. Um, the bathroom was covered in history. Uh, this is a pl- you know I I um I put on the airs sometimes of being a a hams uh, and cheeseburger blue collar uh, uh, doof you know but sometimes <laughs> I like a martini and an oyster and an old fashioned and a guy in a white shirt serving it to me who's been serving it for fifty years and. Uh, Jake's, like if you if you got an itching for that, Jake's is the place to go. If I if I worked downtown, next to Jake's, if I had to choose between Jake's and Kelly's Olympian of the my two places to go to time and time again, you know, down working downtown, <laughs> I'd be in Jake's every single day. What we found there, I, and you know, I've got we mentioned in the in the, the podcast i got a little bit of family history with jake's a little bit of like tiny 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 connection of this is something that um my grandparents went to and and they enjoyed and um but it it isn't it it, it isn't uh yours it it isn't uh a, a cabbie bar by by any means you know there is that 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 part of um um, special occasionness uh, that is uh, at at Jake's, and and so that's why I didn't bump it into number one, but for the longevity and the the history and uh, just the beauty of that bar, like that felt like that felt felt like a European city bar, like New York to New Orleans going to bars. You know, it felt like it felt like God. What if every bar had a hundred year history? What a city this would have been if every bar could be like Jake's. What a world this would be! And and for that, I tip my cap and and uh, uh, hold you very highly in, in in respect and regard. That's not bad. Yep, yep. Jake's. We were there on December twenty seventh of twenty nineteen. A great night. Um, yeah, for me, and it it was. It was nip and tuck. What's funny is, and we'll talk about this, is the difference in they are very different bars are yeah. uh, uh, are Jake's and Knob Hill. They're very different, but equally incredible bars. Uh, yeah, like you said, Nate, Jake's is eminently historical, and there's virtually nothing um, uh, that's 
modern or imported bric-a-brac. This is all stuff. The mementos are from the 1900s to like the 1990s of it's just stuff that has accumulated because these people have been drinking at Jake's since 1879 or whatever it's, you know, it's founding. It's the second oldest bar in Portland. Um, but it's period is they kind of froze it in like the twenties ish era with the waiters and the, and the white coats and, uh, it's elegant. It's a period bar. Um, and it's special. It's a special old bar. It does, you know, it, I batted it around back and forth cause I said, well, maybe it's a little too, you go to Jake's to feel historic. It's not just, you know, it's a very fine point, but, um, but I don't, it, Jake's never feels like they're artificially creating history to me, despite their uh, very corporate ownership. You can't get right. more corporately owned than Jake's. That's the thing. Like they've got every chance to get out of that. They've got every, you know, ownership has every, or management or whoever it is, you know, has every chance to say, nope, this is how we're running things. And they, they or, stick, they hold yeah, or, and they stick. Or just to be a tired shtick is just. Uh, hey, we're we're Uncle Jake's, you know, nineteen uh, twenties by the speakeasy. You know, it, right. for me, Jake's was just felt sincere, despite all the yeah. things that you know. If you had a really caustic eye, you could say otherwise. But and of course, it has the it has the men's room. It has the little tiny men's room in the back that I gave five urinal pucks to. A perfect score. That was that our first. It. That was our first five. First perfect score, and it's got that other unofficial bathroom. Uh, that's underneath the uh, bar that may just be a, a drain with a deeper val, a deeper uh, ravine to it, but or it could be the place where dudes used to whip it out and piss under the bar back at the turn of the century. At Jake's, there's actually two and a half men's rooms, two and a maybe two and a quarter men's rooms, because as you are at the bar standing or sitting, there is a kind of infamous, famous. There is a tile floor trough right below the bar that does lead to a drain or two. And legend has it that uh, around the turn of the century, when it was common, when these are men-only places, and you just stood at the bar, you, there wasn't a lot of seating. Uh, for some reason, when you were a man and you went to saloons, you stood the fuck up. And you drank your, whatever the fuck you drank, whiskey. I think the, I think the, we were asking this. Yeah. Where what is the drink of eighteen eighty? What what would yeah. people be it's drinking? The, the Ken Burns Prohibition documentary told me everything. It was uh, about a half gallon of whiskey per person per day, including I, children. I think that uh, uh, was there ever like a little tiny bar for children to just come in, like male children, of course. <laughs> like, don't be stupid. Uh, mail to yeah to get there. Uh, I think you can only work there's like a shoe shiner or a cigarette lighter or mm-hmm. a spittoon cleaner outer. Very good. Or you probably could swab the urinal. But apparently this little trough was for just whipping it out and taking a leak whenever you needed to at the bar. I loved uh, looking down at sitting at the bar, looking down at my feet in the trough and thinking, <laughs> "Wow, generations of people pissed right in this." Thing. And this was pre urinal puck, my man. So this was just. Uh, <laughs> This was, you were just in it. I know, uh, you know, being a man of a certain age, there's many a time I go, I would kill for 
a urinal right beneath my feet right now. Right. The uh, adult diaper is the <laughs> urinal beneath your feet uh, of, 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 of this day and Not age. quite as classy. But anyway, a five-puck restroom. Oh, Fantastic shakes. You did it. Yeah, wow. greatest There should be some sort of firework going on. There should be. We, we should have a go, shirt. I will go made. present them with a, some sort of history by the glass certificate of excellence a urinal puck with a five on it and just to uh, say hey you go ahead and post this right in your window jakes i know you need an accolade yeah you need you know, a little something you need, you need a little goose yeah you need to goose the public to get in here this will be great for jakes for jakes legacy i don't know but because it has that mystique that's what makes jakes super interesting yeah. and just like you said it's a it's a place to feel a little classy to feel a little, uh, you know, uh, Gatsbyan, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just thought, for my money, if I had to go a hundred, if you had to say, what is the place that exudes Portland history, top to bottom, can't miss it. I, I, I have to say now, I didn't always feel that way, but I have to say now, in the context of our visits, go to Jake's, and uh, you're going to be joined by. A lot of other people, as uh, long as there's not a pandemic going around, right, right. Uh, you're going to be joined by a lot of people who are also trying to do the same thing. But it's legit, man. There's oil paintings with a goddamn bullet hole sitting over the bar. It's it's not a Coke advertisement bought on eBay. It's <laughs> it's the real deal. Jake's my number two. Um, Alfredo, what was your what was your number two? And which is also my number one. So I know what your number two is. But <laughs> well, I talked about. You talked about your number one with my number two, so why don't you talk about my number one with your number two? Let's just call it the number one and a half. It's the Knob Hill Bar and Grill um, there in the uh, Northwest uh, Alphabet District. I don't think that ever caught on, but maybe no, it, it did. Didn't. No, uh, there you go. Northwest. Sign. I think it's on the street signs over the. Yeah, the I think names. I think they try. Yeah, yeah. It never happened. No, uh, Knob Hill. We were there officially on January 29th, 2020. And then we ate a burger outside of it during the pandemic. Um, Knob Hill for me, again, character. This is the place where neighbors go to build community or to be left the fuck alone while they read and drink by themselves, (laughs) which is beautiful. There's history everywhere here, but not in the same way that it jakes. It's not framed very well. A lot of it was on like a poster board with like a glue stick. And, uh, it was great, but they had so much of it. And I don't think I'd ever fully realized that till I went there with this lens and how much they still preserve histories everywhere. It's got a great bathroom and a very unassumed, but it's a great historic bathroom with weird and interesting. Um, it's got a great burger for fuck's sake. One of the best burgers. And so I want to get right to it. I rated this burger a nine and a half. Wow, yeah, holy th- cow. This was maybe my favorite burger um, that I've had, uh, certainly in this project, but uh, maybe in the last, let's say the last year. This is my favorite burger I've had. All right, well, take us through it. Then I have one more question for you. Oh, you're going to ask me a follow-up question? Yes. After I go through all this shit, you're yeah. going to ask me another question? Oh, yeah. Jesus, God. Uh, okay, this starts from the top, from the tippy top with a big seated uh, chewy bun and it's got some crisp edges and it's buttery and it's not too big it's just good breaded bun it's not the brioche it's not a potato bun it's just good seated friends bun all right 
I said, all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, this is where I drink and stare aimlessly <laughs> off into space. You just wait until I'm done. He'll wear himself out. Uh, and then a, a real big slice of cheddar cheese, which is right. Uh, but you're not. You're going to say, wow, that's a real simple burger after I get through this. You're goddamn right. And that's what gives it a nine and a half. Oh, okay. The burger is very thin uh-huh. it is um which is right uh it is grilled on 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 a flat top which is right and it had this uh, uh crispy char to it you you take it little pieces of the outside and you taste them and you feel like uh, this is like what the fda warned you about like this is what's going to give you cancer this char yeah, that's it's good it's very very good and they don't make them like that uh very often um big slices of tomato the pickles, I don't, I, if you tell me these are just normal Kroger pickles, fine, but they are so tart and, and dilly and they just cut through everything so nicely. And, and they were on the burger. And they were on the burger. I, I there was you nothing don't, you on don't the like side. When they're on the side. This was presented in, in a little, uh, just a little diaper of wax Ooh, paper, like which I just love. And with a knife. So you have the option. Usually I get really angry when you give me a knife and you don't. You do. Irrationally so. <laughs> well, I've chewed out a kitchen worker before. I'll do it again. And, but this was, oh my God, presented in a little wax diaper. So you could pick it up just like God intended with the hamburger. Right. You could walk around the whole bar with it if you wanted to. I still want to do that someday. You should. You absolutely should. Uh, lettuce. What's the right uh, type of lettuce? Uh, that would be your uh, iceberg. It's shredded, shredded iceberg, iceberg. And that's yes. exactly what this was. God, I'm institutionalized. Yes. <laughs> Stockholm well, syndrome. Well, when I scream it at you like yeah, this. Well, uh... Onion, white and chopped, which is also pretty damn good. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't really decided if I like a ring of onion or the cho- but the chopped you can't uh, but not the little tiny chops like relish oh big you know dime size oh, okay, onion chops okay. uh, mayo not too much not too little and that bun they included the bottom bun that was there and that's <laughs> two for get, one you get points you get, you get points for that um, I thought that this was. Um, it cooled off too much by the time, but I'm also like putting a, a you know, a, a, a forensic scientist yeah, pen yeah. in it and You're... lifting it up and writing my notes. Yeah. You had the so black light out. I it was... think had I gone in there without this and just eaten it 10, maybe, maybe. Um, and it's got a little tiny bar. It's pretty unique. You can see old photos of people sitting there by candlelight and they're like old school stubby bottles in the seventies when the power went out. Um, and the biggest thing for me is um, it is the most, one of the most noble of historic bars that it refuses to sell out in one of the most sell outable areas in the city of Portland. Uh, they could have cashed it in and let that place become whatever the hell somebody with more money and more profit driven motives would want it to be. But they've kept it the steady, somewhat uncool, not Bill Maher and Grill. I think people, people, it's never dead there. I mean, they're not desperate for business. It doesn't seem like, but I, it's not, it's not a hot spot by any stretch. And I love that. And may the next owners who take it over keep it going because it is a now an oasis in that part of town that is so chic. And uh, for me, that. As a historic bar, it's just like, we're going to stay historic because we're historic. And 
it means a lot to maintain the legacy. So uh, Knob Hill was a almost a coin flip between one and two, but um, it's relatively new, but it's a great, great bar. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think you said the word oasis, and this is exactly what the, Lutz, where Lutz feels like it fits into the neighborhood perfectly where it's at. Knob Hill has no business being where it is. Uh, and that's what I love about it so much. You'll never sit at the bar at this place. You'll, you can <laughs> go there for the 50 bar. years and you'll never sit at the bar because it is a, th- well, it was a four seat bar. And I think now it's a two seat bar. <laughs> uh, if you can sit at a bar, I don't think you can. Um, I was not expecting to love Knob Hill as much as I did. I thought I knew it because I ducked in there before. Um, but yeah, thinking about what has happened to the city, thinking about where the city is now and where the bars that we are celebrating with this podcast, where they were, thinking about how all of those things come together. Not, I think you said it perfectly, that Knob Hill is that um, that one cartoon Tweety Bird hanging, Sylvester the cat hanging on with one finger uh, in in a neighborhood that turned upscale and Knob Hill said, no, 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 we've got a greasy fry cook shoving out the city's best cheeseburger out of this little porthole and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, there are some big screen TVs in there where there probably was a tube TV. Yeah, there's video poker somewhere i'm sure but they've got a fucking library in there also they've got books on a shelf that looks out on the on the on 23rd where everybody else is moving from newest restaurant to newest restaurant uh and i said it on the in in the episode that anytime i'm on 23rd i will make it a point to duck into knob hill and i think i stand by that and i think it's that's why it's my favorite or best or whatever hbtg bar uh it's my number one yeah i i think as a caveat i me personally just uh not i i think i if you ask me if you could spend the next you know 25 years in one bar jake's or knob hill bar and grill i would probably pick knob hill bar and grill because it's so comfortable yeah um and it's uh it's just got all that stuff that you talked about going for it. And it's such a great place where people have been relaxing and, and taking comfort there for so many years. Um, Jake's is not as comfortable. I think Jake's being founded maybe 60 years earlier or whatever, you know, it's just a, it's almost like, would you rather go to the Louvre or to, you know, it's just a very, it was almost a coin flip, but yeah, no great, great bars. We're so fortunate to be, to have so many in this city and uh i hope hope we hope they're all still with us um in the after but yeah. uh as we get over this hump oh. let's go through let's go let's go real quickly through like some of the ones who were right yeah. right there and just didn't quite make the cut uh do you want to start with some of the yeah the ones absolutely you i mentioned i mentioned renters um, I think that the lighthouse was really close for me. It was just a little too big and out there and almost, uh, just a different part of town. I just couldn't wrap my head around it being the best of the best. 
Um, Skyline Tavern had a clientele I was not comfortable with, uh, <laughs> but a beautiful, a beautiful facility. And the same with the uh, Sandy Hut. I loved, I love uh, the actual Sandy Hut, but the slushy machine and the twenty-something brunch crowd is it just pushes me. It pushes it on the other side of the list, but very, very close. These are places that are great uh, and places I enjoy. Yeah, I had. Uh, I also um, on my honorable mention, who we who we haven't mentioned tonight. I also had the lighthouse. Was a was one I, I've I've uh, always told people is a great historic bar, and, and it is. It yeah. ju- it it just um, uh, for me probably it uh, it doesn't have quite enough character to. Yeah. It has a lot of great old features. A ton, it checks a lot of boxes, but it doesn't quite have that lived-in feel that it's just a place where there's regulars. And, I, and I'm sure it is. You and I went during the middle of the day. Uh, I'd love to give the Lighthouse another try. But that it was an almost uh, – I thought about Joe's Cellar, and uh, Joe's Cellar to me is just uh, also a, one that's holding on there in a very hip neighborhood. But it's a little more towards a great dive bar, not enough towards a true historic bar for me. Um, uh, I had Huber's, the oldest bar in Portland was on my list. Huber's, uh, fantastic. It's almost, uh, it's almost more of a great historic restaurant bar to me than not the, you know, I don't know if Huber's has a ton of regulars. I'm sure it does, but it's just not the kind of place where you'd go at three o'clock and start, you know, and yeah. for me that, you know, that matters, that neighborhood feel. Uh, but Huber's has so much history out the wazoo. It's great and a fantastic story. Greatest bar story in town. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I will say uh, I had Caramico. Their little bar in the bottom was an I had almost. Caramico as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had kind of some weird, you know, they've, they've got some 80s prints <laughs> to have nothing to do with, <laughs> you know, some uh, fake Sinatra print. You know, uh-huh. It's a cool little unique spot. Newspaper clippings around the uh, the, the uh, restaurant side again. Uh-huh. A good, a great historic restaurant, right? And a pretty good historic bar, but not great. I agree. Uh, Mock Crest was on, you know, it was a late uh, mm. honorable minute. I thought about it. checked all the historic boxes, neon sign, ramped entry, cool door, gla- all the stuff. But I, for whatever reason, maybe I'm just uh, I'm just prejudiced against North Portland uh, Mock Crest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't add it to my list. I couldn't uh, do it. Uh, I had cider mill right on the bubble. Oh, cider mill was so close just because of their all in on old, uh, uh, patrons and bartenders and that stuff, you know, but I, I basically did a coin flip between cider mill and corner saloon. And I, it came down Mm. to, I love the cider mills. Uh, you know, I love so much about all that stuff you just said, but it came down to the, um, cider mill just felt like a great neighborhood tavern. Uh, that ha- that did a great job of celebrating its relatively recent uh, uh, history, but it didn't quite have the going back to the thirties. Didn't right. have the crazy. It didn't have all the crazy bric-a-brac from the uh, and earned bric-a-brac that Corner Saloon had with you know, Neil Lomax and Harrison Ford and Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, but yes, it was Cider Mill was very close. A great yeah. bar. I felt like that back room was just a little too modern or something that I just couldn't yeah. take it as a as a whole thing. Especially yeah, exactly. with my concession for alibi of just liking one half of alibi. Exactly. But hey, man, so many good ones out there. We're really, that's just, who's got it better than us? Well, <laughs> who's got it better than us six months ago? Very few. One more. Five to one. 
All right, Nate. So uh, again, this was our favorite, uh, our favorite bars from the 35 that we've been to so far in this project. Uh, but we're not done yet. Actually, we still we were cruelly, cruelly uh, blue balled uh, <laughs> from uh, completing. Uh-huh. This project, yeah. uh, the culmination of sounds like a great high school girlfriend. Huh? <laughs> That's twice you've used that line oh, in this no. episode. My joke book is uh, a little black joke book. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've got about nine history by the glass bars to go from the Pinterich books, and then we were going to go. Pinterich, that fucking idiot, he missed so many bars all around town who were old as sin. I bet and he we, had a book deal for no, volume three. I bet yeah, he had uh, one in the books. Oh, yeah, well, shit. Well, Sitting on some. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'd like to see his memoirs or his uh, his personal papers. Uh, but we've got a lot more to go. The Pintrich uh, papers. That's right. <laughs> We're not done, uh, we say to ourselves. Uh, right. <laughs> Daily. But... <laughs> Nate, with full optimism and denial about our current global situation, Boy. what bars are you most looking forward to next as we carry on? Which, which, what places are you longing to step foot in and pony up and drink like old time's sake? Not, a, not for a cop out. A piece of me is anticipating every single one of them. But I've, I've highlighted two in our books and one uh, outside of the books that I just want to talk about real quick. Um, the first one has to be Stanich's The Anticipation. <laughs> I knew that would appear on your list. <laughs> the Anticipation is Remind everybody, uh... killing me of uh, it being open a few days, closed forever, open the next day, it being the best hamburger in the world. And we were and, about to go. And we were so close to getting there, and we were one day off, and... And then all of this happened, and you can listen to all that in uh, a couple episodes ago uh, when we went to when we went to Renner's. But um, the anticipation there is killing me. And what a what a pregnant pause of a of a <laughs> visit that is, you know. Um, the the second one is Horsebrass. Ah, uh, I haven't been to Horsebrass. Uh, since they cleared out the last of the cigarette smoke in like 2002, okay. you know, they, when they shut the old uh, uh, defuminators out and uh, asked people to put their cigarettes out. I would love to see what that place looks like now. I, I remember many great drinking nights um, um, at, at Horse Brass, and I can't wait to go. The third one is a place called uh, Dan and Louie's Oyster Bar or something, ah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a member of the Century Club, first yeah. of all. Uh, second of all, I've never fucking been there or even know like what block it's on or you know, what it's like inside. Uh, third of all, I use it for the uh, Twitter background, <laughs> and I love that picture. And I feel like a real phony. <laughs> I've seen that thing and never having walked in there. Hey, man, that Nathan Gale's so phony. <laughs> Why'd you have to tell him? <laughs> uh, so anyway, those are my uh, quick anticipation list. Uh, That's good. That's good. I got on yours. I, yeah, I also had three. God damn, well, look at us. Jesus uh, and three totally different ones, which is great. Wow. Um, uh, so I had one from our books and two not. Um, Perfect. So uh, one from the book I'm really looking forward to officially 
visiting as part of History by the Glass is the Goose Hollow Inn. Yeah. Uh, which has always been one of my favorite old bars in Portland. Uh, I love the Bud Clark connection there. Uh, just they've got a, so much going for it. You know, Bud Clark not only being the former mayor, but first a famous Portland barman who had uh, just had his hands in a lot of different places and a lot of legendary bars or Bud Clark bars, uh, several I, or most of which don't exist anymore, but well, that's even better. What does? I, I hate to admit this. I want to be vulnerable with you oh, and, yeah, and, and share. I've never been, and I know oh, what fantastic. a giant. What a weird episode that'll be. Yes, it will be. You, the Virgin, and me, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> Well, just just be gentle, huh? <laughs> God. Okay, so next, uh, uh, I also uh, a, a place that that caught my eye, and uh, I was told I was told this by uh, uh, a friend of mine who lived in uh, in town, who said you got to go to Slim's Slim's in North Portland, one of the oldest bars in the city. I was like, what? It can't be because it would be in one of these books. Slim's has been around since 1911, which I think would make it like the fourth oldest bar in the city. I can't hear a thing. And it, this what idiot, Pinterich, God bless him, didn't even set foot in it. Slim's is still around. I would love to go to Slim's. Look, it's got that old architect. Anyway, I got to go. I got to go to Slim's. Slim's, hold on. Hold on for we'll one be more there. day. We'll be there in 18 to 35 months. Uh, but uh, a place that's over 100 years old, we're just, yeah, not even in the books and we're not going, yeah. Uh, and the final place, which will not surprise you, Nathan, is the uh, the Stockpot Broiler. Oh, boy. The Stockpot Broiler, which goes what back to the, the 70s. Uh, yes, it's my local. Uh, it's got one of the great barmen in all the city, Andy Mason, who never listens to this podcast, but we think of him every time we do it. And uh, Andy has promised to... That's just how to, cool he is, though. He's so good. He's Gosh. promised to be on the podcast. We transition into our next uh, stage of this project. We might actually get other people besides Nate and I and the occasional Bill Clifford uh, onto the podcast. Uh, you know, but people who know bars and have worked in them and might actually know stories right. firsthand, not just half-ass research like we do. Yeah. Uh, people so who I, black looking... out after talking to a bartender. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Uh, uh, I look forward to I look forward to not just the stock bot, but talking to Andy, who's worked in bars and knows all the stories, knows where the bodies are buried. Uh, I look forward to uh, doing more of that sometime, somewhere. Yes, sometime. There's a place for us. We'll figure well, it out. Well, what are we doing next, Nate? We're not done with the. Uh, cobbling together content because oh we god go no we've bars. got a whole list of stuff we want to uh yammer on about for for um, an hour and a half like we've done tonight would we thought this would be a nice half hour episode but no 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 uh next time we are going to take all of all of the see uh, our podcast is not just about going to uh, the bars, but it's also about the night that we cobble together for ourselves, That where we place a couple bars on the list. We draft a bar and we put a neighboring bar together, and then we go out on the night. You know, we, we move on it like, uh, like um. something. And, and so um, our next discussion, we're going to talk about our best night our top five nights over the past two years 
We're going to put those together for you and talk about the some of the things we couldn't talk about because Spotify said they were too racy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Now that... That is how you write a uh, that is a cosmopolitan magazine headline. <laughs> nice. The top five moments they wouldn't Spotify they wouldn't, wouldn't let them talk Spotify about. Spotify wouldn't let us stream. And of course, that's what you can look forward to next week. Anything else that people should know about? Uh, well, yeah, uh, next no, week, no. Of I, course, I can't. Next week, I, can't I mean, wait. Um, eight oh, yeah. to, to 12 weeks. Yeah, from next, now. <laughs> next eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. Yes, no, no. I'm looking forward to this one because this. Uh, as Nate mentioned, we we do not go out in a la, in lab coats, and uh, we're drinkers, man. We're drinkers who have a podcast, not podcasters yes. who go to bars. We don't so, look at the steins; we swing them, man. That's we right. swing. Steins. That's right. So we've had we've had several nights uh, that maybe the bars were shit. I'll be perfectly honest with you, dear listener. Uh, but the night was fantastic, and maybe we didn't even get into it that much in the actual episode. So I'm looking forward to like reminiscing on some of the best what we call episodes or just the nights that we go to a bar or two uh and we'll do we'll we'll break down our top five uh our top five episodes and why they matter to us and only us and not you the listeners what we listener 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 <laughs> stick with us baby uh we will not be talking about our top five episodes in terms of these stupid podcasts that we put together <laughs> we, we we know all of them are equally uh a c plus and so there there is no <laughs> they're all our babies and we hate them all the same uh these are the best episodes of our of our evenings here the best evenings we've cobbled together for ourselves great drinking stories oh absolutely i can't wait all right alfredo it's uh, just about closing time here in both of the remote hbtg studios uh make sure you you check out that next episode about our best nights over the past two years and let us know what your favorite hbtg bars are however you're listening be sure to subscribe share like review all that good stuff we're on facebook instagram history by the glass and on twitter at hbtg underscore pdx i couldn't get history by the glass on twitter but that's okay all 80 of you are having a great time over there Plus, we got a website. We got a website, historybytheglass.com. On behalf of my co-host, Alfredo Moreno, I am Nathan Miguel. Thank you for joining us, and please tip your bartender. God damn! Hey, it's fun. We it's did it. Fun. Hey, thank God we didn't try to do two. It's back to back. Midnight. Like I yes. Uh-huh. Originally said. It's midnight. God damn! You can barely no, see. It looks it's like 10, I'm. It's ten sixteen. I look like I'm uh, a different person. I look like a <laughs> yeah, Mr. but the, Hyde. Yeah, the lighting has changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Nob Hill. <laughs> I, I try not to Hill. look at it. I actually uh, eliminated your screen. I've just been looking at... Uh, well, it's fuck you too, pal. Valerie Bertinelli from... looking uh, at yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I've been looking at uh, Justine Bateman from her oh, glory funny. days of Family Ties the whole time. Oh yes, She Wolf, <laughs> Teen She Wolf. 